In just a few minutes, I'll be, we will be installing a new class of elders and deacons. But before we do so, we're going to look at God's word in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. Hope you'll turn there if you have a Bible with you or one of the Bibles in the pews or follow along as I read now uh, from this passage, which is also printed in the worship folder. <coughs> but there, oh, just a reminder, Isaiah lived 700 years before the birth of Christ. He was a prophet and he began this, but there will be no gloom for her who is in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them his light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So ends the reading of God's holy word. Do you ever receive birth announcements in the mail? Uh, we do. Uh, usually they're a, a card, a, a larger than normal, larger than a normal postcard, very colorful because it's, it's happy news, it's good news. I was looking at one that said, Welcome to the world, Taylor Owen Smith, son of Michelle and Jack, born on April 22nd at 5.31 a.m., 5 pounds, 11 ounces, 19 and a half inches long. The birth announcements are, are time for uh, happiness and, and joy and they are happy things to receive. What we have here in Isaiah 9 is a birth announcement. And it's good news that's coming when there was nothing but bad news throughout the land in which Isaiah lived. Uh, Isaiah, as I mentioned to you, lived 700 years or so before the birth of Christ. <clears throat> he was a preacher, he was a prophet, he was a messenger of God. And he lived and ministered in a city he greatly loved, and that was the city of Jerusalem. His ministry began about 740 B.C., and unlike many prophets in the Bible, his lasted a long time, 60 years. For 60 years he ministered, primarily in the king's court. He was highly educated. He rubbed shoulders with, with rulers and those in royalty. But he lived and ministered in a very, very difficult time. It was a spiritually dark time. We aren't given all the description here in Isaiah 9, but we know earlier in Isaiah's book, we have descriptions of superstitions, of materialism, of idolatry, of arrogance, of lack of good leadership, of social disintegration, of sensuality, of alcoholism. Cultic prostitution was practiced at various shrines. Child sacrifice existed, 
children offered to the god Moloch, the god of the Ammonites. Towns and villages had been destroyed. People had been taken away and resettled hundreds of miles away from home. You did not have to look far to see darkness and despair and gloom. And so into that darkness comes this birth announcement, comes a ray of light of good news. And God makes this promise. Now, what's unusual about this birth announcement is that it comes before the birth. Seven centuries before the birth. In fact, this birth announcement goes forth uh, so many centuries before, and Isaiah, through God's Spirit, is looking ahead at what God is going to do in the distant future. And what does he say about this one who would be born? We find in verses 6 and 7, he says, The government shall rest upon his shoulders. He's referring to Jesus, who would be born, who would be born much later, and that he would be a king. He would establish a kingdom. You know, when you read through the New Testament, we find the word gospel, which means good news, 90 times. We find the word kingdom 140 times. Jesus came to set up his kingdom on earth. He was a king and he bears his kingdom. And he's given various names like kings of old. Kings would be given names like Lord of Lords or King of Kings or uh, brave king so-and-so, strong king so-and-so. Here, one of the names, first names he's given is Wonderful Counselor. This king is a wonderful counselor. I can tell you in the years I've been a pastor here in Macon, the question I've been asked more than any other, uh, probably multiple times more than any other. There's not a month that goes by, I don't think, that someone doesn't ask me, Chip, can you recommend a good counselor? A good counselor in middle Georgia. Usually my first question is, are you willing to drive? Because the best one I know is about an hour and a half away. But before that, I will even ask, well, what is the issue? Because do you need a financial counselor? Do you need uh, an addiction counselor? Do you need a counselor uh, regarding marriage or something like that or uh, emotional issues? Because today, it, it, any counseling is specialized. Uh, one person hopefully has become an expert, you might say, through study and reading and, and maybe academic degrees and specializes in a particular area. And so if you need financial counseling, you go to a financial counselor. If you need marriage counseling, you go to a, a marriage counselor. But look at this counselor. The reason we specialize is because none of us can know everything. But this counselor does. He knows everything, and we can go to him, and he's a wonderful counselor. And look at the questions. Think about the questions that he can answer. He can answer the ultimate issues of life. Where do we come from? How did we get here? What does life really mean? Is there any purpose to it? Are there really such things as right and wrong? Is there good and evil? If so, how do we know what is good and what is bad? Are these things true for everyone? Are they at just this time for a certain group of people? What happens to a person when he or she dies? Is there life after this life? 
So in Jesus Christ, this baby who would be born, we find all the answers to the ultimate questions of life. He's a wonderful counselor. Look at the next name he gives him. Mighty God. A God of power. When you think of power, you may think of authority. The ability to get things done. This person says it and it happens. And yet this baby who would come has the power to change the human heart has the power to change the human heart, and he gives that power to his followers. He told his followers, as he tells us, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. So with the message of the gospel, they went forth and they preached and they won many to Christ and literally transformed the world. They didn't have personal power. They had delegated power. Christ's power from the Holy Spirit. Another name he's given is Everlasting Father. This teaches the deity of Jesus. When I teach the inquirers class, one of the questions I ask when we get to the section on who Jesus was, was do you think Jesus was God? Simple answer, right? Is he God? Because I'll say, who's Jesus? And always the immediate answer is the Son of God. I say, do you think he was God? I found this. The people who come from Protestant backgrounds hesitate at that moment. But the Roman, those who come from a Roman Catholic background don't hesitate. They say, yes, he's God. And that's correct. As Isaiah said, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. But here he's even referred to as the, the Everlasting Father. Wait, we believe in a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How can this baby who would be born referred to, be referred to as the everlasting father. It's not meant to confuse us, this distinction between the person of the son and the father. It's a way of saying everything I am, God was saying everything I am, the son is. All the attributes I have, he has. Do you know God is your father? We know him through Christ and we become part of his family. So apart from the works of Christ, we cannot know him. Apart from faith in Christ, we cannot know him. And so it's a great privilege to be a child of God. Then he's called the Prince of Peace. Most of us desire personal peace, peace with others, world peace, national peace, and we don't have it. Apart from the works of Christ, we can't have peace. In fact, the Bible says that if we don't, are not Christ's followers, we're at war with God. Some people will say, well, I don't even think about God. Scripture describes you as being at enmity or at war with him. And yet through Christ, we can be at peace with God. And when we're at peace with him, we can be at peace with others. And then he mentions also in verse 7 in this birth announcement, he tells about the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. His kingdom, the kingdom that Jesus is establishing it will have no end. All earthly kingdoms come to an end. Now, unless you're a student of history or like to read such things, you can go back and just read list and list of empires and kingdoms that have existed in the past from the ancient kingdoms like Egyptian or the Persians or the Babylonians or the Han Dynasty in China, which lasted 400 years. 400 years that dynasty lasted. More 
uh, into the more modern age, the Mongol kingdom in the 13th and 14th centuries, the Ottoman Empire in the 16th and 17th centuries, or then the Spanish Empire, or the Russian Empire, or the British Empire that essentially was brought to an end, began to fall apart with World War I. All have come and gone. But if we had lived in those kingdoms at the time of their existence and someone had said, you know, all this is just temporary, we would have said, are you out of your mind? This is what's permanent. This is what will last. Do you remember, I've asked you this before, it's been a long time, do you remember the symbol of the Roman Empire? It was called the Aquila. The word Aquila means eagle. The symbol, the military symbol of the Roman Empire was an eagle with outstretched arms. And underneath were some Latin letters, S, P, Q, and R. They were under those wings, the Senate and people of Rome. Now, most of us, if we were shown that picture with no context, of, and you can easily, don't look it up now, but you can easily look it up, and when we, we would see that, we wouldn't know what it is. I mean, we wouldn't know what it stood for. But in that day, everyone in the empire knew exactly what it stood for. Do you know that that symbol has been found here in the Americas? The ancient symbol has been found here. Not that the Romans were here, but it had been brought here. And so we would have thought, this is permanent, and yet it wasn't. Those kingdoms don't last forever, but his kingdom will last forever, and it's continually growing. Every once in a while, I like to read up from websites on how are we doing with the Great Commission, making disciples of all nations, and where, where are the places on the planet that are seeing great progress with Bible translation, with church planting, and so forth. The numbers, the statistics between 2010 and 2020 are staggering of the number of accomplishments with the Great Commission, the number of church plants in places that had no churches, that had no witness of the, of the Spirit of God. Now, those who study these things tell us that today, in this day, at least, at least 175,000 people a day profess faith in Christ. Now, that's not typically in the English-speaking world. That's in other parts of the world. And where the church is growing the fastest proportionally, doesn't mean the largest, but proportionally, Iran. We don't read about it. You have to find this information. You go to Mission Frontiers. You go to the Joshua Project and places like that online and read. So the growth of his kingdom, it will have no end. And the goal is that God would be glorified. Who brings this about? Well, the Spirit of God. The Lord God Almighty will accomplish this. He's the one who changes hearts. He's the one who is building his church. So in just a moment, when you see these elders and deacons ordained and installed, who's doing that? First Presbyterian Church? No. Christ is building his church. Is part of his kingdom, in this case right here in Macon, Georgia but with a reach to other parts of the world. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this birth announcement, 740 years before the actual event of the incarnation of Jesus becoming a man. We pray that we would recognize that he is the wonderful counselor, that none of us have issues or problems, that 
he does not address. And we thank you that you tell us the meaning of life, why we are here, where we are going, who created us, what is right and what is wrong. That you are the wonderful counselor and you're the mighty God and that you are building your kingdom. So we ask you to continue to do that and even use our congregation toward that end in the lives, the years you've given to us. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen.